Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. This year, the, the Lord's giving me a word. Uh, he said, this year is the year of excellence. And I know when we hear that word, especially if we've been traumatized with religion, right? we go he's about to flip it on us we knew this was too good to be true <laughs> but the fact of the matter is is that you have a misconception of what excellence is because you've had a messed up experience now you're labeling excellence you know there's a lot of words that have been um mislabeled or we have a misconception let's talk about the rainbow there's a misconception about the rainbow you see and people know that I go out and I minister and gave pride parades, but people don't know that I already know the meaning of the rainbow. And it reminds me of God's promise. It reminds me of God's covenant, that God made a way where there is no way. And that he didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. So when I go out to these events, I bring Jesus, which is the real promise. Jesus is the real rainbow. So I already meet people because I see in the spirit, they're, oh, in the natural, they got the rainbow. Let me tell them. Let's inform them. You guys have excellence, but you might be a little bit traumatized with excellence because it, it was introduced to you as perfectionism. It was introduced as perfection, and you can never ob ob obtain perfection because you were never called to obtain perfection. You were called to be perfect, right? And when the Bible speaks about being perfect, it's talking about love. He is perfect love. Because when you read that scripture, the next verse goes right into love. He's not talking about behaviors or none of that. He's talking about love. And we'll talk about that later. But we're speaking of excellence. And before defining excellence, I want to explain what excellence is not. And excellence is not perfectionism. Perfectionism is any of various doctrines holding that a religious moral, social, or political perfection is attainable. That's what perfection is. Like, I'm going to be perfect if I pray enough. It's almost like I'm going to sanctify myself. I'm going to save myself. But we all know, you know that, right? You know that none of your works save you, right? You know that it's Jesus Christ that saves you. It's the blood of the Lamb that redeems you. It's the blood of the Lamb that's restored you. It's the word he spoke upon your life. It's his love, right? Because he has perfect love. You know what it says? It says, perfect love cast out fear. So there is such thing as not perfectionism, but perfect love. And it takes away your fear. And I want your fear of even the word excellence to be removed. So then you can really start walking on a level with God you never thought you could walk in. Because you're good at something. And the devil's been telling you you're not good at it. So you've done it, but you've done it holding back. But what will happen if you gave it your all? If you did it this far, and you've come this far, at the rate that you've given it, what will happen if you gave it 100%? Sure. <laughs> Nobody's ever asked, but I'll let you. <laughs> Sorry to be so bold. Um, be bold. Okay. I sat down, the Lord said, you're in a safe place. So that's why I'm saying this. I have to go. <laughs>
because I'm meeting some friends that I grew up with in Ohio, and um, and I'm going to be, come back next week, though. I, I am here just... Um, I'm here to visit my 22-year-old granddaughter that I met as my daughter was dying. And she got to be with my, my daughter for four days. And I've come to see her. And I haven't seen her yet, and I'm a little nervous about it. I was with her when, you know, back then. But anyhow, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing, but the Lord is going to lead every step. You had no idea what's going on. And he is an I just want to come back here. I've never felt so free and able to. I had to sit in the river. I am like totally amazed, and I'd love to sit and listen about excellence. But can I get it on so you can hear something? Oh, good. So, any? No, the Lord told me to come here. Really? Yeah, I came from. I came from. Where am I staying? Some coral on um, Reddington. That's where I'm staying. So, I, and I just drove straight from Ohio all the way through, and I stayed. So here I am. But boy, am I amazed that I got to come here today. <laughs> I'll be back next week. Yes, oh, she'll get your information. Awesome. <laughs> Praise God. What's your name? Danielle. Yes, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Praise God. You know what? Praise God. That, that testimony alone fills my heart. Because sometimes God tells you to say things to strangers, and you're almost like, am I crazy? I mean, I'm still going to do it because I've learned the voice of my father. But obedience, which I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but that is excellence. Obedience is excellence before the Lord. Amen? Let me see where we were at. Um, so, yeah, so we were speaking about perfectionism, right? And how people think that their, their, it's a, uh, their values or their morals it's, it's was going to make perfection attainable. But perfection is attainable through Jesus. That perfect love has already been made available for us. And as we grab onto Jesus, we attain his perfection. It's not through our works. It's not through how great we think. It's not through competition. And this is something we, I really want to clear up with excellence. Excellence is not competition. And then uh, excellence or imperfect perfectionism is also a personal standard, attitude, or philosophy that demands perfection and rejects anything else. Right? We are after the perfect one. We are after excellence, but it doesn't mean we reject people. It doesn't mean we reject their ideas. We want to empower people. That's why our church, our church mission is to honor everyone, empower everyone, and have faith for everyone. Because not, we know that everyone is not at that same level. So we expect everybody to come in here and be at the same level, same standard, blah, blah, blah. That's perfectionism. Well, you're not dressing the way that I dress, and you're not doing it the way that I do it, and you don't sing the way that I sing, and you don't preach the way that I preach. Then I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to do this. And guess what? When you are trying to be perfectionist, you're going to be alone because no one in this world is perfect. So you're looking for something you're never going to find. But when you run to Jesus, then you find the perfect one. And the perfect one 
will give you the fruits of the Spirit. So he'll give you love and he'll give you joy and peace and gentleness and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. And then somehow these people that are not at the same level as you, you get to be kind to them and you get to educate them and you get to encourage them along the way. And they get to encourage you because believe it or not, you're not good at everything either. They're good at something that you're not, and then they can encourage you, and all of a sudden you have teammates. I don't know how to play the drums. I needed a drummer, so I got this guy, right? I can't play guitar. I got this guy, you know? I, I, I can't clean like this lady right here, this lady. If you need a cleaning right here, her. She is amazing. I'm serious. I believe she should have a business because she's amazing at what she does. I've seen it with my own eyes. You've experienced it, and you didn't even know it. Because she's taking care of this place. And, and it's in an honor. I'm saying this in honor. Because every single one of us has a gift. Has, I can't play and sing like Savannah. Every single one of you has a gift. I can't cook like Angie, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know? I can't be physically fit like Katie. You know? But if we take our gifts, right? <laughs> but I give her competition. I don't hold back. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, we all been given a gift. We all been given a talent. But when we live life comparing, well, I don't do it like him. Nobody called you to do it like him. Nobody called you to do it like her. How about you do what you're good at and become really good at doing that? And then all of a sudden, you'll see the glory of God. I'm good at speaking. I'm good at doing this. I could talk for hours, you know? <laughs> I've thought people told me you should be a stand-up comedian because you're funny. I don't think I'm funny, but people think I'm funny. So, but there's a grace, right, in it. You might be like, don't give me the mic. That used to be Leslie, and now she's up here singing, hey, hey, we gotcha, we gotcha. Big debate. <laughs> I love you, you know I love you, right? We're doing that out of fun because we're a family. And what we do is, when she first came here, she's like, I'll sit in the back over here. I'll be quiet like Minnie Mouse. <laughs> and I'm like, come get the mic. She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and now she got that voice like, whoa. I'm like, I knew it. We got people up here like that. When Heather and Jeremy got here, right? They were quiet. I, don't, I think they were on this side. or that's, I don't remember what side. And they were just a couple, brand new couple into the church. And then I just started seeing visions there. Started prophesying over them. And is she not the administrative pastor now? You know, Jeremy's an amazing leader. He's our, he's our, our, our campus hero, right? Flat. <laughs> and, and he's such a dedicated leader that you want to talk about dedication? You want to talk about fixing this place, setting all of this up? This man right here. People that never thought they could be something in the house of the Lord are doing great things. Jess! Jess has been with me since I started. She started coming to my church over there, really quiet. We'll leave right after the gathering was over. And I'm like, I'm going to get that one. I'm going to get that one. And I'm just like, hey, I love you. Hey, Pastor. Hey, Pastor. And you know what? A little bit of love, a little bit of love, a little bit of love. She's mean at them drums in a good way. She's joyful on them drums. She's kind in them drums. She's gentle on them drums. You know, she's firing those drums, works in this church, does the sound, helps out. Again, people that never thought had a chance. 
now are discovering they have a chance. And it's excellence, right? So we're letting go of perfectionism. I want God to heal you from that mentality. I know maybe you went through it. Maybe you thought excellent was perfectionism, but we declare you delivered and healed from that now because it's not what I'm speaking of. I'm not speaking of perfectionism. I'm speaking of excellence. And excellence is the state or quality of excelling or being exceptionally good. Anybody ever tell you you were good at something? Because I know you're good at something. You're good at something, right? You're good at something. You're all good at something. You're good at something. You're good at health. You're good at loving girls, right? You're good at being dedicated. You're good at being a coach. You're a coach. That's your gift. You go, go, go. You know? Uh, uh, Julianne is Julianne is good at, at, at teaching me how to be healthy. Look at this. It's going down. That sucker was out here, if you don't believe me. And she's taking the time. And she was concerned about my health. And the, the, the knowledge that she had, she began to share with me. And I started doing it. Right? Two months ago, I was like, now I feel better. It's, the anxiety starts to come. I fight it. I'm learning to put myself first. You know, I'm learning. Heather's really good at administration. She's good at doing what she does. So we, we want to enable each other. Like, you're good at something. You might be good at making bouquets of flowers. It doesn't make you any less. You know what you could do with a bouquet of flowers? If you have a gift that you think it's not good for the kingdom, let's talk. And let's give you some ideas. Like I tell people, I was like, you make, I, there was a lady from the uh, Wesley Chapel campus. Her name's Joanne. And she, I, God gave me a revelation. I saw her coming in here like, I saw her in the spirit and she was dressed like a cupcake, bringing in cupcakes. I'm like, why do I see this woman dressed like that? I have no idea, but that's how I see in the spirit. I'm like, you're walking in here with cupcakes in your hands. She's like, I love making cupcakes, <laughs> you know? And I was like, you know what you could do with cupcakes? We, only, we think in the natural, oh, business, just a business. I don't think I could ever have a bakery. How about you make cupcakes and go to a hospital? How about you make cupcakes and go to a nursing home? And use that cupcake as a point of contact. You're good at poetry. Let's find a way to get your poetry out. You're good at making songs. You're good at playing drums. You're good at cooking. You're good at mopping. You're good at cleaning. You're good at typing. You're good at something. So how, what, how about we become excellent in that? Become so good in that. In that one thing God gave you, let's, let's, let's perfect it. Because it's a tool that's going to open doors. Right? Excellence is an action, characteristic, or feature in which a person excels. And what does excel mean? Excel means to be outstandingly good or proficient. We always say here we're not professional Christians. But it doesn't mean we can't be proficient. It doesn't mean we can be good at what we do. We're, you know we're, we're good worshipers up in this church. We go worship and worship and worship. Yes! We are excellent at when it comes to worship. Come on, Jesus Christ, this church could worship. And that's all I ever wanted was a church that could worship. And not worship singing. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what just happened here a little while ago. Where we entered so deep into the presence of Abba that we almost forget this world even exists. And you almost feel like the building is like a little house on a cloud just drifting away. <laughs> 
Hopefully that's rapture right there. We all just leave together like, it ended? <laughs> it just begun. <laughs> yeah. So as I was online looking and researching and studying, um, a powerful quote that I found, it says this, excellence refers to pursuing and doing the best we can with the gifts and ability God gives, giving our best to the glory of God. So that's what we're talking about. God, this message is called, it's titled, A Call to Excellence. What I'm saying is not a call to perfection. I'm saying a call where you start giving God your best. What is your best? What is your best? What are you good at? And then making that better and better. Where the world would think you're an expert. Like people think, people like literally think I'm like this amazing evangelist. People think I'm like a crazy wild prophet. And I'm like, no. I don't see myself that way, right? And it's not that I'm denying my gifting. I know I have a gifting. But the thing is that I hear his voice. And when I hear his voice, I simply do that which he called me to do. And if he says, go give her a hug, I'm going to go give her a hug. If he says, go give her a smile, if he says, pat you on your shoulder, I'm going to pat you on your shoulder. Whatever it is that he tells me to do, I just do it. And somehow, it's strangely perfect every single time. People always, I could show you my, my, my email account and I could show you my messenger. People are like, you always on the precise timing. You always show up at the right time. You always show up at the right word. How? And I'm like, because he spoke. <laughs> like, is that it? People don't see. I, I can't wait when all the eyes are unveiled. They're going to, y'all going to laugh. You're going to be like, he was telling us the truth the whole time. Jesus was there the whole time just telling him, like, tell Heather, tell Ralphie. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. <laughs> you don't see it in the natural. But wait one day, you're going to just laugh because this whole time I've been saying the truth. Other preachers are like, yeah, call me, send me an offering, and I'll release the demons, and I'll do this. I'm like, look, I'm going to just wait for God to call, talk to me. People send me their dreams, like, can you interpret this? Can you explain this to me? Can you tell God to? I'm like, I'll go talk to God, and when God gives me an answer, then I'll come talk to you. No pressure. Right? And then whenever God talks, then I'm like, because I'll be like, God, it's always so sad. And he's like, they could wait. He says that too. They need to wait. They haven't been patient. I've been telling them this, this, and this, and they haven't listened. Don't tell them yet. This is when you're going to tell them. I'm like, okay, ooh, we got them. <laughs> Maybe you send me a message and you're waiting for me to reply. God said, wait. <laughs> and that's why you've been waiting. <laughs> I don't even need to tell you to wait. I just make you wait. <laughs> and that wasn't me. That was God, I promise. <laughs> God just told somebody to wait. <laughs> he just grabbed my lips, he spoke, and then put it back. <laughs> you didn't see it, but I did. <laughs> you've, been, you've been demanding for an answer, and God said, wait. You ain't going to talk to me that way. He has a personality. I've been talking to God, and God don't answer. He's like, watch your tone. <laughs> watch your tone with me. That's why he has an answer. Go buy him some flowers. Be like, hey, daddy, God. I'm wondering. <laughs> Here's a gift, Lord. <laughs> how are you, Lord? I was just wondering, you know, I have this situation, and uh, that's how you talk to me. Don't come demanding. Don't come telling God how he's going to do it. You don't even know how to do it yourself. 
Sometimes we're spoiled little brats with God. Be like, your words says. Excuse me? <laughs> well, you said, I'm going through fire. Get me out. He's like, that's for me. That's not devil fire. That's God fire. Do you even know the difference? You're over here trying to rebuke God fire. You can't rebuke God fire. You can't rebuke the process of God. If you said the Lord, here I am, I will go, then you better allow the fire of the altar to come against your lips and purify you. Isaiah saw the glory of God. On the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the glory of the Lord. And he's high and lifted up in the train of his robe fills the temple and the angels of seraphims with, with they had six wings and, and with two wings they were flying and with two wings they were covering their faces and with two wings they were covering their feet and they cried out holy, holy, holy holy is the Lord God almighty and then I looked and the whole earth the whole earth is full of his glory see the difference right I'm just taking you there you're like did I just see that yeah I just we're reading it wrong and then the Lord said, whom shall I send? Whom shall go? I'll go. I'll go. Oh, woe unto me. Whoa, whoa, woe unto me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And then the angel of God took the burning coal from the altar and pressed it against my lips. Put fire in my mouth. Where'd the idea of tongues of fire come from? Hmm, I don't know. We'll talk to Isaiah. Because <laughs> he saw the glory of the Lord. It's the same thing. One is this, the upper room is describing it from earth. Isaiah is describing it from heaven. But let me tell you something. It's the same experience. Some of us are having God encounters, but we can't remember. Right? So we think we just, oh, I just got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire at church. Oh, wait until you see that experience from the Spirit. And you'll see where you were really at. You were in the throne room. And then he chose you. But he said, woe unto me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And the fire of God went where? On his lips. Maybe your issue has been your heart. Maybe your issue has been your mind. Maybe your sinful, unclean part has been your hands. Maybe your feet. And maybe that's the part of your body God's burning. Because maybe that's the area. You say, Lord, I'll do it, but this is my struggle. Lord, I'll do it, I'll go, but this is my issue. And then all of a sudden, God's like, let's burn. Let's burn the excuses. Let's burn what's holding you back from obtaining glory, from preaching glory, from living glory. That's what he's doing. That's not even on my nose. That was just like derail to heaven. <laughs> Back to earth. Anyways. Yeah, so let him burn. Let him burn. Sometimes we're going through things and, 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 and it might be a situation. It might be a circumstance. And we're like, oh, I was having blood pressure, anxiety. But guess what? Guess what? You know, it's my fault because I wasn't eating right. If, if you're not being obedient and you're not following the steps, then don't be, don't expect another result. You want lo low blood pressure, you want to feel healthy, do your part. You don't want to feel uh, afraid of demons. You don't want to feel like, 
I'm not gonna, you don't want to feel like you're doubting your salvation. Then you know that little part of your life where sin is coming in? Shut the door. Shut the door. Not judgment on nobody if you have a struggle. But it's time we start shutting some doors. If you have anger, bitterness, if you have issues with lust, let's be real, we're human. Uh, we get all type of urges in it, corrupted bodies. But we renew our mind in Christ. If you're finding yourself going through a situation over and over and over and over again, that's not excellence. That's what's called insanity. Insanity is to do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Two plus two will always be two. Two minus two will always be zero. I mean, four. Couldn't prove my point there. <laughs> but you know what I meant, right? You got it? <laughs> but we're going to have to change some things. We're going to have to. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, at first it's scary. But then you see some doors shutting. Why I keep having the same nightmare? Let's dig it out. Let's dig it out. Let's get it out. Why am I always going through the same? Why do they always do this to me? If, if you find yourself saying, why do people always do this to me? My question is, why are you doing this to you? That means you are attracting the same type of person. You know that dogs attract dogs? You never see a cat trying to smell the butt of a dog. But for some reason, dog smells dog's butts. It's the truth. You walk your dog, I don't know what they're thinking. But they just go to each other like, I know about you. They go right to the behind and they sniff each other. Like, why? Right? But you don't see a mouse doing that. You don't see a giraffe doing that to a dog. I know that sounds ridiculous, but a dogs attract dogs. And if you're still attracting people that are treating you a certain way, it's because you're smelling a certain way. And it's time you put a stop to it. If people come into your house to gossip, it's because you haven't said, get out my house. In this house, gossip is not allowed. If you're, if you're still going through abuse in relationships, it's because you haven't stood up for yourself. If people still hurting you and shaming you in churches, it's because you haven't stood up for yourself. And it doesn't mean you're going to punch somebody in the face. I'm talking about identity. I will not. You know how many people, even by the end of this past year, I looked in the face and I was like, you will not talk to me that way. Even people from church. I refuse. I'm I looked at people in their face, people that I love. But I said, you're not going to be my life no more. I'm blocking you. That's right. You're going to learn your lesson. Learn. Learn to stand up for yourself first. You should have to be going through abuse. You shouldn't have to be going through shame. Even family. We got to put family in their place. Be like, you will not disrespect me. You will not dishonor me. This is the line, and I'm drawing it right there. And if you cannot honor me, you will not get in my car. You will not come to my house. And they're, oh, so now you think you're better. No. It's not that I think I'm better than you. I am good. I know who I am now. I don't need to allow people to use me. I don't need to allow people to break me. Well, I, I just do. My friends use me, but if, they, if I didn't let them use me, then I wouldn't have friends. Those are not friends. So you need to learn. Because if not, you are in an insanity cycle. You're a hamster on a wheel, and you're not going to get up. And you're going to be like, God, God, why am I in this situation? God, 
God, God. The guy's like, get off the wheel. Get off the wheel. Listen to my voice. That means you're going to look at your kids and be like, no. You're going to have to look at, some of you are going to look at your mom and dad and be like, no. I've been doing it. They're like, you want me to take you somewhere? You ask me. Don't tell me. Take me here. No. You're not the boss of me. You're going to learn to ask. Oh, but this is the way we always did it. But not no more. I'm no longer a slave. I am free. I'm free indeed. And you start walking in excellence. And you start learning who you are. And it's hurt. But you've already been hurt. You've been hurting and you got accustomed. You became numb to the hurt. And now change is making you feel like you're hurting. You've been hurting all along. It's like if you got shot or you had like a, a piece of metal in your skin and you chose not to go to the doctor because you were scared because it was going to hurt and now skin grew over that wound and now it's in there but it's infected and it doesn't belong there. So now you need to go through a process to get it out. So allow the fire of God to get in there and get it out because you're going to be very happy soon. Let God burn the bitterness. Let God burn the pain. Let God burn the insecurity. The trauma of past relationships of old boyfriends, old girlfriends, old husbands, and they called you all sorts of names, it's time it get out. You're like, well, why can't I have a successful marriage? Why can't I have a successful relationship? Because you're still carrying with the burden of the past. And you need the fire. Why can't I just stick in church and be in fire like I used to be? Because you're still carrying the burden of the past. And it's holding you down. Let the fire burn you. And I know it's crazy. How does this all connect to excellence? If you allow the fire of God to burn you, then you're going to give your best. Right now, you can't give your best because you're hurting. Like if I'm hurting from my leg and, I can't, and I'm limping, can I run a race? I can't. But if I take care of my leg for a season, I was going through anxiety in October. So by November, I went on vacation. On December, I was in sabbatical. But I got to take care of myself. And now I'm like, let's go. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to take time and be like, hey, guys, I can't hang out. I have a situation. My finances are not where they need to be. I need to handle this situation. My emotions are not, my mind is not where it needs to be. I'm going to handle this situation. And then I'll be ready to run my race. And that's excellency. Excellency and excellence is preparation. It's devotion. So Proverbs 22, 29, it says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. If you become, and I'm not just talking about, we always hear the word kings um, as just like leaders, right? But this, this is rulers. You could be so good at your job that you get to stand in the king with the kings of your job. You could be in a church and you're so good at something, you get to stand with them. You, anything, you could go to the gym and you're so good at working out that somehow you become the personal trainer. Or people start turning to you or, hey, how you did it? How you got so healthy? How did you expand this business? How did you start this cleaning business? How did you do this? Because then now they see that you're so good at your, you're so skillful, you're so full of skills in what you do, you're so good at it. People, people are interested, like, oh, come to an evangelistic conference at my church. I'm like, I'm not even an evangelist, but let's go. Because I know I am, but I don't see myself that way because it's just Jesus standing here telling me what to do. So then I go and I tell them what Jesus says. 
But they're like, ooh, you're powerful, bro. I'm like, no, he's powerful. Duh. <laughs> I was like, you give me glory, I give it to him. That's it. And then he loves that. And he's like, oh, you're faithful in the little and greater I'll place you. And he opens more doors. This is what he's talking about. Become good at what you got. Stop comparing. Become good at it. Become so full of skill that people's like, hey, I just need your help with this. And then when you help them, they're going to go tell somebody else. And all of a sudden you have a business. So all of a sudden you have a ministry. All of a sudden you're leading people in the streets. When we, when we started God Adores You, my friend started God Adores You. You know how all that started? That started with that girl, with my friend Wally. In 2007, March 17, 2007, when God said, you're going to a lesbian bar tonight. I was like, what? He's like, you're going to a lesbian bar tonight. Somebody needs to hear from me. 15, what is it? How many years is that? 15, 16, I don't know how many years that is since 7, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 16 years later. A ministry, some, a girl that started in a club in Queens, New York called Chueca, which means collision. All of a sudden, 16 years later, has this ministry where many of you here got to partake. Many people that I know now have a fire to evangelize because of one moment of obedience way back then. And my father was like, you gotta what? I'm like, he's like, where are you going at this time? Lesbian bar. What? That was my dad. What? Oh God, that's not God. I was so mad that day. But I see the fruit years later. It's not that it's gonna happen tomorrow. But your obedience to God, your excellence to God is going to open a door. And years from then, you're going to look back and be like, God did it. Back then, 2000, God told that little skinny Abraham, young man Abraham, that has so many issues. I used to be the kid on the altar. That was me, right? And then God brought a prophet. He says, you're going to be a pastor like there's never been a pastor. I'm like, what the heck? Me, a pastor? No way. It took 20-something years later, and I'm going to say, I look pretty good today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is God going to do it? God, what God promised you, he's going to do it. But a lot of us are so caught up in ourselves. I wish somebody would have preached this to me back then, because I would have been like, let's go. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. I'm not telling you it's going to happen tomorrow. No, I'll, I'll be lying to you, but I told you it's going to happen tomorrow. What I'm telling you is get dedicated at it. Work at it. Push yourself through it, and you're going to see the glory of God. Amen? And there's a person in Scripture, Daniel. There's many people in Scripture that had a spirit of excellence. And one of them is Daniel. You know Daniel that got thrown into the pit of the lions? Because you know why? Read the Scripture. Because he had a spirit of excellence. On, on Daniel chapter 6. It says, and then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. That's what the king planned. The king planning to set him before the kingdom. But the presidents and the, presidents and the satraps, whatever satraps are, a bunch of traps I imagine, right? Because they were the ones setting traps. Maybe that was called satraps because they set traps. Um, they, they, they are jealous of him because he's good at what he does, right? I don't know. I'm just talking. <laughs> and, and they plotted against him because he could pray. They, his relationship with God bothered other people. And they plotted, but they failed. 
when they plot against you, it's okay. It's going to give God even more opportunity. God's already showing off with you. It, God, it gives God a little bit more of opportunity, a little bit more juice. Because you know that everything the enemy created to destroy you, God turns it around to bless you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The enemy will come against you in one direction, but will have to flee in seven different directions. That means God has a sword spinning in seven different directions and cuts him off in seven different pieces and shows off with you. When the lady with the alabaster box came to Jesus, the, the prostitute to worship at his feet, the religious are like, oh, if he only knew. He didn't even say it. He was thinking it. If he only knew who she is. He's like, oh, I know who she is. Man, wait until we meet her in heaven. She probably, she probably has a perfume bottle in heaven just walking around. That's how I see her, just spraying her perfume everywhere. We're like, oh, man, she was a perfume lady. Whoa. <laughs> I just laughed. <laughs> oh, my God. I just saw something. <laughs> Jesus, that was his perfume lady. Because <laughs> we were in the kingdom before, and then the, and we all end up here. He knew who they were. Why well, he went to his disciple. That's the knights of his round table. I'm telling you, watch till you get to heaven. The 12 disciples are the 12 knights of his round table. Because he found them. I was like, you follow me. You follow. They're like, oh, sure, let's go. Because that's how it always was. That was his knights. Yo, guys, let's go. He still came to her and found them. And he came still. And we're, we're part of that kingdom too. We belong in that kingdom. Hallelujah. I'm the jester, guys. Get ready till you get to heaven. You're going to be like, my pastor was the jester. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, I told you. <laughs> I just sit by his throne, like, ding, ding, with the little bells. <laughs> I'm not even playing, I promise. You know how many dreams I've had of that? I'm just like, Lord, I can't wait. That's my heart's desire. Anyways, let's go back. But they judged her. She was good at what she did. She was good at what she did. She gave her heart. She gave all she had. Daniel gave all he had. They persecuted him. They spoke about him. They plotted against him. They threw him in a pit. And God delivered him. Because the just will always be delivered. Always. The afflictions of the just will be many. But of every single one of them, the Lord will deliver them. You know? Excellency. Your excellence draws in his excellency. Because he's the king. Another way to refer to a king is excellency. And Daniel, and then even before in chapter 5, because an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. That was another situation where they were partying and drinking. The king saw a hand writing on a wall. He didn't know what that was. And Daniel came in. They, they, nobody could interpret it. That's chapter 5 of Daniel, if you want to read it. They, nobody could interpret it, but Daniel could because he had an excellent spirit. And the queen was the one like, well, there's this guy that has an excellent spirit. He's really good at everything he does. I believe he can tell you, king, what that vision was. And that vision was horrible. That vision was like, you're going to die. He literally died that same night. I'm like, whoa. But, and he still got honored. He's still like, 
your father did this, you did this. Though I forgot what the words meant. You got to read it. The teaching is not about what the words meant. The teaching is about excellency. So we'll continue with excellency. But because he was good at what he did. And to be excellent is to obey God, to honor God, to stand in your righteous place as a child of God. Right? He still got honor. And he still got placed as a leader. Chapter 6 is when he, they plot against him. A new king is in town. And then they plot against him because he prayed. And God still raised him up. And then because he was excellent, then we got the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that learned of his excellent spirit. They gained excellent spirit. And then they also go through the fire. And then they find out that in the fire there was another walking in with them. When you walk in excellence, you dedicate your life in excellence for God. You're going to be so good. It's going to open doors. And the world will see that you serve the living God. And not only that, the world will see that the living God is for you and not against you. Amen? I'm going to leave it there. This month we're going to be talking more about excellence. Because I really feel like it's important what God is trying to teach us. I just really want to encourage you guys. Be the best you could be. Like, honor your yes and honor your no. If you said you're going to do something, do it. If you said you're not going to do it, don't do it. If, you, if, you, if you're going to be dedicated, be dedicated. If you want to get physically fit, go ahead, get physically fit. If you want to go to school, I don't know, if somebody here wants to go back to school, go. Go. Prepare yourself. You ain't dying yet. You got a long race ahead of you. Let God, I don't know what it is that God's trying to do with you. But do it. Give it all. And you're going to see the manifestation of God's glory. And I'll leave you with this one verse down here. So it says, on 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Do your best. To present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Jesus is that word. Because people like, take, they take that scripture only about Bible. No, it's about every word he's speaking upon your life, about every dream he's giving you. Do your best. You know, and in Titus 2, 7, 8, it says, In everything set an example by doing what is good. And your teaching show integrity, seriousness, soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.